I do want to jump right into the word here uh, because I feel like God has given me a word for uh, the church. I want to speak today on the infallible word of God, the infallible word of God. And so I want to start in First Peter. I want to start in First Peter. We are going to have a few scriptures here. Uh, and but I want to start reading in the book of First Peter as we dive into uh, this message that I believe the Lord has placed on my heart uh, to share with all of you here today. So First Peter chapter number one, starting at verse number twenty-three, the Bible says, "Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible." By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I want us to notice that here. It says the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Then verse number 24 says, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. There, verse number 24 just confirms what, or excuse me, verse number 25 confirms what verse number 23 was saying about the word of the Lord. It says, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Uh, so I want to dive here in today as I was speaking about and I want to speak on the topic of the infallible word of God. In the book of Genesis, chapter number 2, starting at verse number 16, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. This is a very familiar story talking about the beginning of time when man was created and here the Lord God is giving him understanding or clarity of what his expectations are of the man. And so now we find here in Genesis 2 where it says the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Here we find one of the first words with promise from God Almighty. You see here where he's giving words unto the man and these words come with promise. He says that you can freely eat of any tree that you choose, but of this particular tree. If you choose to eat from this tree, you shall surely die. And actually, this was a commandment for the Bible says in verse number 16, and the Lord God commanded the man. So in essence, it is letting us know that this was not a suggestion, but this was something that the Lord said, this is what shall happen if you choose to do this, that you should freely eat of every tree, just do not eat off of that one. And if we read verse number 18 again, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good. Excuse me, not 18 again, but if we can drop down to verse number 18. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. So now we see where Eve is now created. Uh, and now God has given the commandment to man. 
I want us to take notice here on this because as we get to chapter number three, let's go to Genesis chapter number three, starting at verse number one. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said. Now notice here in verse number one, we see that the serpent, as we know, the serpent was the devil. That he approaches the woman in this scenario, in this scene, in this time, and says, has God said? See, that's why it's important to know and understand what God has said. Because the scripture says, and he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now we already see here, because we know in chapter 2 that God commanded Adam that he could eat of every tree, just not eat of that one, or he would die. But notice how here that the serpent has come to Eve, and now he has challenged Eve, saying, has God said this? And Eve responded by saying, God said that we cannot eat, neither can we touch it. But you won't find in Scripture where God commanded Adam that he could not touch it, lest he would die. So now we already find a scenario where the devil is now challenging mankind he's challenging the woman based on what god has said do you really understand and do you really know that's why it's important to have an understanding for yourself you know sometimes and oftentimes we go through life based on the boundaries that have been set before us some of those boundaries have been set by god some of those boundaries have been set by man but we must understand the difference we must at some point know that boundaries yes they are good for us and oftentimes boundaries are set before us because we don't want to cross that boundary in order not to cross God but we must know fully and come to an understanding what is a boundary that's been set by man or on the other hand what is a boundary that has been set by God so the scripture says, and it goes on in verse number four, it says, and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in that day ye shall eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the scripture says, when and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. What Eve failed to know at this point in her life was that she was already like God, because she was made in the image and in the likeness of God. And when the woman saw the scripture says, I want you to notice that she did not hesitate. But the Bible says that when she saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and ate it. She didn't hesitate. She didn't even take a moment 
to ask her husband. She didn't even think twice to go ask God or even go to God and to ask him, is this true? I want us to think about that for a moment because if we don't have an understanding of what God has said, then there should be something in us to go to someone in order to have clarification to understand what God is saying. What I'm simply saying is, people of God, is that we must have an understanding of God's word. And if you don't have an understanding of God's word, then it is vital for you to go to someone that has understanding because if you take it for granted and if you begin to listen to people that are around you especially those that have a subtle spirit those that can connive you and trick you into ways and thinking ways that you should not be thinking because you are not quite sure what God has said about something this is important because the Bible says that his people perish due to a lack of knowledge. It's because they don't have the understanding that they should on the word of God. And so that's why I'm always consistently saying that we must pray, that we must fast, and that we must read our word. Uh, because when we have an understanding of God's word, we cannot be pulled into situations that we should not be pulled into. And so with that said, if you're not quite sure, is it, it is important, it is vital to ask. But Eve did not hesitate. She didn't ask her husband that was with her, the Bible says. Neither did she go to God to ask him, is this word true? Church, what the body of Christ is experiencing this year is a year of what I call what is true. Who is telling the truth? Who are we to believe? We're hearing a lot of different things from a lot of different areas and a lot of people are giving their opinions based on what we should do and how you should live and how you should act and how you should go about certain things. But what is true? We hear a lot of things on social media. We see a lot of things on social media. We hear a lot of things on television. We hear a lot of things from our family and friends. And, and so this has become a year of what is truth. We must understand that it's an election year. And during a time of absolute crisis in our nation, we need our leaders to pull together, to work together for a greater good for and of our nation. But sadly, we are seeing more divide and more political agendas. As we draw closer and closer to November, we will continue to see more divide and harsh debates. While people are hurting and sincerely searching for answers. We haven't been down a road like this before. Yes, we are used to the political banter, the back and forth, but this year it's different. This road has never been traveled. 2020, a year of fear, a year of unknown. Kids graduating high school unsure about the safety of campuses of, or even campus life. Those graduating college who had jobs lined up now are left in the dark. Parents unsure to send their kids back to school due to health and safety concerns. People looking to the government and elites of society saying, please save us. We need answers. Playing right into the spirit of the Antichrist. Looking to man, looking to the created and not to the creator. 
The world is hoping to have at least one good person, one leader out there that is not corrupted by money or by power. This reminds me of the story in the book of Mark, chapter number 10, starting at verse number 17, where the Bible says, And when he, speaking of Jesus, was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? The Bible says, And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at this saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. The love of money was this young man's corruption. Not having the money was his corruption, but the love of it. For the Bible says in verse number 22, notice it says, and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved. Church, I want to let everyone know here today that there is only one word that is true. There's only one word you can believe in, one word that you can trust in. The Bible says in the book of John chapter number one, it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. In verse 14, it lets us know, and that word was made flesh. And it dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word of God, Jesus Christ, is full of grace and truth. That is the one word that you and I can believe in. It is the word of God. For the Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse number 89, it says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The very word of Jesus Christ, the infallible word of God. To define infallible, the Bible uh, as we're speaking of the word of God and as we're describing the Bible as the infallible word of God. The word infallible means incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. Never failing, always effective. I want to say that again. The word infallible means incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. Never failing, always effective. So I want to encourage the people today to not be fooled, to not be pulled into a spirit of deception as Eve was deceived because of her lack of knowledge. But we must understand that if God has said it, then it shall 
come to pass. That we must stand on the one true word and that one true word is the word of God. It does not matter what anybody else says, but if God said it, then it shall come to pass. I want to give an encouraging word to every believer and every person out there, especially to the body of Christ, that as the man of God spoke to us on this past weekend, that we shall get to the other side. That if Jesus Christ said that we're leaving this shoreline and if we're going to the other shoreline it does not matter what type of storm comes in between each shoreline we shall get through the storm and we shall see the other side. I want to remind someone here today that there is another side coming. Uh, it may not feel that way. It may not seem that way. It may even get a little blurry, but we must believe by faith that we shall get to the other side. There's only one word that we must trust in, and that one word is the word of God. There's no other word that you and I should put our trust in. There's no other word that we should look to. There's no other word that we should grab hold to. But there's only one word that we should grab hold to, and that is the word of God. Because his word is never failing, and his word is always effective. So if he speaks a word of healing, his word is effective. If he speaks a word of deliverance, his word is effective. And we must understand that we've come too far to allow ourselves to believe that his word is ineffective. But he's done too much for me. He's done too much for somebody here today. That you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there should be nothing wavering that should cause you to not stand on God's word for his word says his word is forever settled in heaven but we must not be fooled we must not be pulled into deception see that's what the enemy wants to do he wants to deceive us he wants to use part of his word he wants to be able to come to you as he came to Eve and says has God said making you question whether or not you receive the word of confirmation from the Lord especially when things begin to take place when sickness begins to come uh, when disease begins to come when a things begins to happen to you or to a family member he begins to say has God said? Has God said he's going to protect you? Has God said he's going to heal you? Has God said you're going to receive the Holy Ghost? Has God said you're going to come out of this? See, that's when we've got to stand firm on God's word. That's when we've got to go back to what the Lord has done for us in the past. We must be able to look back at the memorials, look back at the times he has brought us through and say God said he was going to do it and he has done it. So therefore, I must stand on his word if he said he's going to do it this time, I must believe that he's going to do it. You know, it's so important, it's so vital that we don't just take in everybody's word. Because when you start listening to everybody and what they've got to say, it will drown out what God is saying to you. That's why sometimes we need to isolate ourselves from people, hide ourselves into a closet somewhere, and say, Lord, speak to me so that I can have a clarity on what thus saith the Lord. For the Bible says in Hosea chapter number four, verse number six, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of 
knowledge that tells me you can know something you can know about something yet not be able to have knowledge of it i want to say that again that tells me you can know about something yet not be knowledgeable of it eve knew about it but she was not knowledgeable of it she understood what she shouldn't do but she didn't have true knowledge about it see you can know what it is but you cannot have knowledge about it it's important for us to be knowledgeable in the word of God it's important for us to be knowledgeable what thus saith the Lord that if God has given you a word that should become knowledgeable to you that means it's settled in your spirit see when something is settled in your heart and in your spirit then you have become knowledgeable about it because now once it's settled within me I can tell somebody else even if it's the devil himself that God shall bring me out of this situation that I shall be pulled through this situation that God is in my home and in my life that my family will get through this that we will pull through this I hope somebody's hearing me right now because somebody needs to become knowledgeable of God's word and not just know about God's word it's not about what somebody else told you but I'm here to tell you what has God told you then whatever God has spoken to you then you need to receive it in your spirit you can know about Jesus but that doesn't mean you have knowledge about Jesus but I want to know does someone know him do you have knowledge of him when you have knowledge of him no one has to tell you everything is going to be all right but you have no doubt that everything is going to be all right. You have no doubt that God is your protector. You have no doubt that God is your healer, that he's your God. You have no doubt, and you don't have to look to another. I know the Lord has spoken to many of you and has given you a vision for this year, for you, for your family. And I want to tell you today to hold on to it. For what the Lord intends for you to see, will surely come to pass. For the Bible says in Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse number 3, the scripture says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, the scripture says, wait for it, because it will surely come. <laughs> somebody needs to hear that somebody needs to know just wait for it <laughs> because when God gives you a word it shall come to pass <laughs> oh just wait for it <laughs> because it will surely come oh hallelujah it shall come it's not might come no it shall come the Bible says and I know I know that many of you have a vision for yourself and for your family but I want to encourage you here today don't lose sight of the vision don't lose sight of what the Lord is dealing with you about don't lose sight of what is going on and taking place in your spirit don't allow the circumstances that is taking place today to hinder your tomorrow but you must believe that if God has spoken into your spirit that it shall come to pass somebody ought to say within themselves Wait for it. Evil men and people with corrupt intentions, their time is coming to an end. 
For the Bible says in the book of Psalms, and I say that because we live in a day, we live in a society, we live in a world where we are dealing with corruptness, corruptness, whether it be in politics, corruptness in, uh, in our uh, different political groups and different uh, government, left wing, right wing, uh, conservative, um, all different areas, liberals, all different areas where we find corruptness. Uh, and I said this earlier, and I want to say this again, that this is a year of what is truth. Uh, and I want, to re I want to go back to that for a second because we must understand that there are so many people that are searching for what is right. There are many people that are searching for what is true. Uh, it is not by coincidence or accident uh, that we have this opportunity to reach so many people uh, with streaming, so many people on our television broadcast, so many people uh, by the word that we are spreading all across the airways uh, because people are searching for truth. People are searching for something that is real, something that is authentic. They are even searching for people that are real and that are authentic. It is important that we show them a real God by the life that we live. It is important that we show them a real and true God by the things that we demonstrate and that we do. No matter what type of circumstances, no matter what takes place in our life, no matter what even comes into our home, that we handle it the way that God is instructing us to handle it. Not by the way the world is telling you to handle things. Not by the way people in your groups are telling telling you to handle things, but it is important for every individual to find a place in their home, find a place uh, somewhere where you can crawl away and talk to the Lord and allow him to talk back to you because the only word that you should be believing in is the word of the Lord. So we must understand that all the things that are taking place, I don't care how evil or how corrupt, whatever their intentions are, it will come to an end. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter number nine, starting at verse number six, it says, O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end, and thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure forever. I want you to notice something here. Let's go back to verse number six. It says, O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end, and thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial, things that we were supposed to even remember them by, is perished with them. But the Lord, see the things that he says, the things that he does, the memorials that the Lord does, the memorials that he has done in your life, see that will abide forever. You can't take those things away. You can't can't take your testimonies away. Uh-uh. What the Lord has done for you, it will abide forever. Matter of fact, it is those testimonies, it is those memorials uh, that I hold with me and cling to that allows me to continue on until this day. The Bible says in verse number 10 in that same chapter of Psalms chapter number 9, it says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. I'm thankful to the Lord that we can put our trust in him, that he will not forsake us. Who? Those that seek him. Ezekiel chapter number 22, verse number 14. 
gives us a word of confidence. At the latter part of that scripture, it says, I, the Lord, have spoken it and will do it. I, the Lord, have spoken it and will do it. Why? Because when the Lord speaks, he will perform what he says. When the Lord says to you and to every individual, to every family member, if the Lord says it, it's going to come to pass. Because God's word is infallible. It's incapable of making mistakes. It is his word that we must trust in. It is his word that is true. There's not another word that you should be clinging to. It does not matter. Whatever words that is coming into your spirit, don't allow it to cross-pollinate with what the word of the Lord has been planted in your spirit. Whatever word of faith that God has given you through the man of God, through the word of God, through the evangelist, through whoever has spoken into your spirit, you allow that seed of faith to continue to grow in your spirit and don't allow any other seeds to cross-pollinate with what the Lord has given unto you because the serpent will come, the devil will come, the enemy will come and question you saying, has God said? And when he comes questioning you, you stand with the surety and say yes God has said I shall come through this. God has said I shall be made whole. God has said I shall be healed and that my family will be alright. Somebody needs to receive that in their spirit and know that you shall be alright. That CMT shall go to the next level. That revival is not coming. No revival is here. That we shall do great exploits that God will take us through that we will get to the other side of the seashore because I believe a greater revival is waiting on the other side but we must continue to fight together so that we shall win together but we must hold on to God's word hallelujah we must hold on to God's word and not man's word too many people are holding on to man's word and not God's word. Too many people are holding on to what this doctor said and this doctor says, but what does God have to say? Uh, too many people are listening to too many voices that are interrupting what the spirit is saying. Uh, uh huh. Yeah, you're, you're, there's, there's people that are, that are speaking so much doubt and uncertainty there into their own uh, circumstance, it's ridiculous. I'm not telling you not to be cautious. Uh, no, you should be cautious, but you should not be fearful. There's a complete difference there. I don't walk in fear. I walk in caution. That's why when I come to the side of the road, I look both ways because I want to make sure a car is not coming. That's walking in caution. That's not walking in fear. Now, see, you've got to understand the difference there. There's a difference. Uh-huh. See, too many people are walking in absolute fear of what is taking place. They're in absolute turmoil and they're allowing themselves to be stressed out and have so much anxiety uh, because of what is taking place and what is going on. No, you walk with caution, understanding that the Lord is with you. You must understand and believe that the Lord is with you. That's, 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 that's not walking in fear if you believe that the Lord is with you. But we should have caution about the things that we do and say, but we should not walk in fear. 
How do you not walk in fear? You trust in God's word. You understand that his word is infallible. But you cannot come to a conclusion that his word is infallible and you walk in the spirit of fear. Because the word says that he does not give us the spirit of fear. Uh, you, can, you can't say that his word is infallible and you don't think you can be healed from whatever disease or sickness that you have. Because his word says that he can heal all manner of diseases. You cannot say his word is infallible and capable, and capable of mistakes. And you walk around in doubt and you walk around wondering and walking around trying to get a word from everybody else instead of going to God's word. Because every answer, everything that we need is in the Lord. But we must trust in the infallible word of God. I want to challenge every believer today to walk around quoting the word. Speak the word over your children. Speak the word over your spouse, over your loved ones. Speak the word over your home. Speak the word everywhere that you go, knowing that the word is incapable of making a mistake because his word is true. The Bible says, let God be true in every man a lie. Well, how do we do that? How do we bring that to life? We bring that to life by speaking and claiming his word. You speak his word every time you have an opportunity. Every time a voice comes into your mind that tells you, hath God said, you quote the scripture and say, yes, God has said, I shall be made whole. Yes, God has said he took the stripes on his back for my healing. Yes, God has said that he is my deliverer. Yes, God has said that he is my buckler, my shield. Yes, God has said that I shall come through this. Yes, God has said that I shall get to the other side. Yes, God has said he shall remove every mountain, bring down every wall, open up every sea. And if God has done it before, I believe that God will do it again. Because God has said that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be afraid to stand on God's word. Don't be ashamed to speak his word. Because there are going to be voices, hath God said. Are you protected? Are you going to be okay? Is everything going to be all right? Well, this preacher has come to encourage you that God has said that everything is going to be all right. Because we stand on the infallible word of God.